What's going on, Skytown? Welcome to another edition of the Skyhook Podcast. This is the second show in as many days, and you know it's going to be a good one because Annie Costable of the Chicago Sun-Times is on. Annie, we got to talk about the latest news. People went crazy when they found out that um, your mom celebrated her 60th birthday yesterday. I I know, like... (laughs) Breaking news, Ma turned 60. <laughs> Happy birthday to mom. Um, we love that. Yeah, it was such a significant moment for everybody on social media. Like mom turned 60 and Instagram and Twitter blew up. You got to be a little mad at her that she couldn't have just pushed it to one more day, like to being born today. I know. <laughs> I know, mom. Like, why couldn't you wait to postpone your birthday and your celebration until after um, you know, WNBA Twitter social life decided to just explode. I mean, kind of selfish of her, but we'll have, let her have her day. Yeah, um, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll give it to her. But yeah, I agree. Kind of selfish of her to like steal the spotlight. Annie, I, I tried to be a little bit more positive on the last podcast yesterday, talking about the sky's future in 2025 not being as bleak and like not thinking about 2023 as much we've already been talking about this a little bit but now that Candace Parker is going to Las Vegas the reigning champion Las Vegas Aces I know that we've been talking about this we just got to get it all on audio let's I'll just dive right into it how are you feeling right now after Candace's announcement I mean I have so many thoughts just like literally percolating this week is going to be so interesting to just continue to write about this situation and and analyze it from so many different vantage points, because that's the thing. There's just so many ways to look at this, right? There's like how this is an organizational failure, what it means from a basketball standpoint, what it means for the aces getting a player like Candace, what it means for the league that a player like Candace is leaving this organization to go to another there's just like we could we could write a book about this this move like I'm already thinking about it I've already started the draft so nobody take my nobody take my fucking idea I'm writing the book about it I'm just kidding but um like my initial reaction was obviously okay here we go you know I think as as reporters as beat reporters covering a team and a league when stuff like this happens your reaction immediately is just like, all right, here, here it is. Here we go. And then I think as the dust settles, you start to think about how fans are reacting. You start to absorb like what this means from like a fan standpoint. And then it just adds to, yeah, yeah. Your perspective and everything. But my initial reaction when I saw the post was not shock. I was not shocked that she decided to go to Las Vegas Um, and I was honestly, you know, it just, it, it turned very quickly to, wow, Chicago. Can I swear on this? Of course. Chicago fucked up period. Like I, and I don't want to say that to say that obviously Candace made a decision that was best for her family and, and being closer to the West coast played a significant role in this, which some could argue takes away the sky's responsibility in all of this. But at the end of the day, if Chicago was putting together a championship contending team, if Chicago was getting players that Candace wanted to play with and could win with, she would have re-signed. I believe that fully. And I think it's just it's marks a huge turning point in this organization, in my opinion. I think you're completely right. And she wants to get that third ring that getting that third ring elevates you in WNBA history in a way that just having two rings, quote unquote, just having two rings just doesn't, there's a certain type of, I mean, she's already one of the greatest players of all time has a sparkling resume and I just think, though, that there's something to be said about having three rings in this league compared to two. And when you look around the landscape, the Aces probably were the best location for her to go to that were, again, checks off all the boxes of wanting to be closer to family. I'm sure that the Aces, if I had to guess, are going to be able to fly her in and out of from Las Vegas to Los Angeles whenever she wants to go see her family. Like, they checked off all the boxes, and 
I do wonder if the sky were on the West Coast, how much that changes potentially. But to your point about the sky messing up or fucking up, to say it more eloquently, they probably didn't put themselves in the best position to re-sign Candace. And maybe they tried to make up for it towards the end. Again, this is more speculation at this point, but adding Nadia Rawlinson as a potential like as the co-owner down the road to help with some of the financial aspects of being able to add and honestly match probably the resources that the aces have that probably hurt the position to go out and re-sign Candace. Yeah. And that's the thing is like the sky are, are playing catch up to what other organizations already have established. Like Candace is going into the aces org that has these, these amenities already established. The sky are not even in a position where they've even begun the process of establishing the type of amenities that an organization like the ACES has. So that's, that's what I mean too. When I say that they dropped the ball here is, is these are steps that should have been in the works and you're, you're paying the price now in free agency when it shouldn't even have been, it, it, it shouldn't even have been something that wasn't already on the table. Like you should have been coming into free agency with these, with these, um, again, I keep using the word amenities, but, but this growth and this investment already happening, you know, and again, the announcement of, of Nadia Rawlinson, it's just, it, I don't find that timing coincidental. I think it very much is a move that's, that's like, Hey, look, we're, we're investing too, which is great. It's great. But again, it's, it's a catch up move and it's still not substantial enough to catch up to what has already been in the works with different organizations across the league. And so, you know, I, I, again, it's, there's so many factors here. Candace's family clearly is a huge factor, but you're telling me that a a player like Candace wouldn't have re-signed to end her career at with her hometown franchise if if y'all put a good enough team together you don't think a player like that would have been interested in going out with her hometown organization like come on let's let's be real here i'm sure that definitely is something that um a lot of sky fans are thinking right now i do like i think one of the biggest free agents that hasn't really been talked about as much which seems weird when you think about the sky but emma misaman and candace on the floor together last year were borderline unstoppable offensively. And with Emma being injured overseas and having to try to recover and also thinking about, I mean, for her, this is overseas for one thing. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so but being back home, resting for Eurobasket, like there's probably had, like if you don't have Emma Meeson in the fold, if Azure Stevens has league-wide interest, like you reported on for the Sun-Times, it's like for Candace, it's like, there's so much uncertainty in the front court as well. If you can't guarantee those players coming back, it's it's just so complicated right now. I'm sure that you saw Rachel Galligan reported that Brianna Stewart is now focused in on going signing with Seattle or going to New York. And it's really made me think about salute in this sense. Totally. I mean, do you feel like Courtney is done with the Chicago sky. I mean, I touched on it yesterday, but where, where do you see her fit into all this? I would never completely count Courtney out of Chicago. Like I would never with 100% certainty, unless I have those words from her or, you know, her team directly um, because Chicago, Courtney is Chicago. Like as much as this is a loss, like Candace leaving Chicago is a loss. And as much as, Candace being the player that solidified Chicago's championship, like without Candace, they don't win that championship. And that's, there's so many reasons for that, right? Like her leadership, her vocalness, her, obviously her incredible talent on the court. And that doesn't, I don't say that to take away from anything that Courtney's done here in Chicago or that Allie's done here in Chicago, but Candace was the missing piece and they've acknowledged that countless times. But when we're talking about Courtney, this is her franchise. Like she is the Sue Bird of Chicago. And yeah. and like this is this is home. This is her and Allie's home. And as much as Seattle is home, you know, this is this is where they've built their home. And that loyalty factor 
is is what's always kept Courtney coming back here. And what's interesting to me is the way that that season ended last year. You really got the sense that 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 loyalty was was kind of uh, what's the word uh, severed a bit. You know the mm. the way that the season ended, at least you know from from my vantage point, you could tell that there was a disconnect. And you and I talked about this like via text and everything, and we could get into it too, but you could just tell there was a clear disconnect. And obviously that was months ago. So maybe that was mended and and we're on a different page now, but when talking about what Courtney could potentially do, you know, now more than ever is, is when we could see her leave. And I think what Seattle has to offer her, if Stewie resigns there is, you know, a championship contending team in her, in her home market. And I say that like a championship contending team, not to say that they are, are favorites or anything, or not to say that they're, you know, the top team, but Stewie and Slute in Seattle with Jewel makes them, in my opinion, a content, a team that can contend a team that could give a team like the aces a challenge. Um, but Again, what she gets here is is that legacy of of re-signing with the team and and staying with the team that that drafted her. And I think Sue talked about this. Sue Bird talked about this on a podcast uh, and said there's something to to staying with the organization that drafted you, to winning multiple championships with the organization that drafted you. And I think that's what makes this whole Candace leaving thing aspect of it's so interesting too is that it's not just that the sky lost Candace but now even if they re-sign Courtney are they really do they will they really have enough to try and win a title again and my my opinion is no clearly yeah yeah so Candace's departure also took away an opportunity for Slute to like establish that legacy of winning two titles with, with the organization that drafted her. And if Seattle puts together a more promising offer, I mean, Slute wants to win. They all want to win. Like her loyalty here. I just don't think is as strong as it once was. So what would she say for? So I, I don't know if I can touch on the loyalty aspect of it just because I haven't really talked to Courtney as much about that, but she did say in that, media availability at the end of the season about how there was a point last off season, how she thought that she had played her last game with the Chicago sky. And to me, that says more about her openness to leaving than it does just about like necessarily her leaving Chicago. That's always going to be her home. That's the place that drafted her, that bet on her with that number three pick and, you know, stuck with her. I think I would push back on the idea though, that Seattle would be, a contenderness just because of Mercedes Russell right now. I, I'm really curious how Mercedes Russell and her situation is going right now. Like she was such an important part of the defense. I don't know necessarily though, that that group of Courtney, Jewel, Brianna, and again, we just don't know what's happening with Mercedes Russell necessarily that if that's a team that can beat four former number one overall picks and Chelsea Gray, who had the greatest postseason by a guard in WNBA history. I don't think any I mean, team can actually compete with the Aces right now, unless Stewie and Sloot went to New York and played with John Quell, Sab, and Kayla Thornton. Like, I don't see a pathway for any of these teams many, to add yeah. and actually contend with the Aces at this point in time on paper. Every, we got to see everything mesh together because we. how many times have we been burned? Totally. Totally. And that's, that's my, that's what I mean though, about like being a contender is like, it's the aces world and everyone else is looking up at them. So, so when I say contend, it's like, which team could make it the most interesting, right? Because at this point, right. Who, who's knocking the aces off? Like when you look at that lineup on paper, who really, who, and the only, the only answer to that, in my opinion, and it's similar to yours or the same as yours, is New York if they get Stewie and Sloot. And I don't think Sloot ends up in New York. I, you don't. I don't. 
No, I don't think Sloot ends up in New York. I think Sloot's in Seattle or Chicago. And listen, I could end up eating my words. Like that's that's just my opinion. Um, that's what I predicted, and and I'm gonna stick to that. It's, yeah. it's what I genuinely um believe. I'm not saying that New York doesn't have a lot to offer her, but I don't know that I see her taking a pay cut to go to a market like New York. I don't see her like loving that situation enough to take a pay cut to go there. I disagree um, with that a do? lot because okay. one, okay, not that I don't think that she would have to be the one to take the pay cut in this situation. I think if Stewie, who I believe it was Ramona Shelburne who reported that Stewie is considered like is maybe it was okay, you. Yeah, Rob. basing her opinion off of Sloot or like, Sloot's uh, free agency is factoring into hers. So if that is the case, and Stewie does have a desire to play with Courtney, and it already has the business side of this all figured out, you know, like she has a lot of sponsorships working with her with Puma and and so on. I mean, you can already tell with the emoji tweet, she's a great businesswoman. Um, I do think that there would be a case to be made if Courtney was like, "Look, I'll come, but I need the max and the liberty." Who actually could make it work financially? They could get rid of Benajah Laney potentially, though that would be tough to do. Yeah, they could get rid of Steph. I think the appeal to New York probably for Courtney too is being back with Steph. There's a way to make it work where both of them get maxes, but Brianna Stewart could also take less money and go the Sue Bird route and be like, "Hey, I want to win a championship. It'd be really cool to do it in my home city, and if I have to take less so that Courtney can come in and get a max deal." I kind of think that that's definitely a possibility. And it's not like the New York, like, I think the whole New York lifestyle thing is something people have pointed to as well for like, oh, everyone wants to go to New York for that reason. It's like Courtney after games is probably just watching the Big Bang Theory with Romeo and Gemini, you know, like I don't I'd, I'd be surprised like if that's if she's going out, you know, going crazy out in Chicago or in like a. Uh, out in, like for the city life necessarily during the season. I mean, that's she's talked about. Yeah, that I don't whatever, see you know? New York being like this. The city, the city itself being a huge draw. I mean, I know Courtney's talked about loving an outdoor type of lifestyle and and you know and being able to enjoy that in Chicago. But obviously, um, the Pacific Northwest provides an even um, better outdoor but, lifestyle. So but it's also I, a yeah. summer though. You're only spending a summer in that city. You know, it's I need not to plug like my you're... laptop in too. Sorry, I'm about, it's about no, no, to start. No, no, you're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think that now, at, which is so interesting too, because of what makes Candace's decision so interesting, in my opinion, is like, it set this, it set this standard now where everyone else's moves, the discussion's going to be, how can we beat the aces? You know, like, if I sign here, is this a team that can, can beat the aces? And so I, I guess never say never, maybe that, you know, could impact suits decision and, and, and teaming up in New York, because that legitimately becomes a team that could beat the aces. So yeah, I guess never say never, but yeah, if my, my opinion, it's between Seattle and Chicago for Slute. Definitely makes sense. And it's kind of been, what we've all been kind of thinking about until that news came out from Howard about there being a mutual interest between Courtney and New York and trying to make right. something happen potentially. So I don't, I wouldn't rule out Seattle, but I'm just thinking from a competitor standpoint, how do we take down Vegas? It's hard to think I of a better situation than New York, but it's also not, that's not the only thing you have to factor in with these types of decisions. I just love how the, at the top of free agency too, how everyone was like, oh my God, everyone's going to be waiting for Brianna Stewart to make her decision. Then all the dominoes are going to fall. And then Candace swoops in and makes that decision. I'm like, yeah, guys. Like, what's it's, up? It's, <laughs> it's my league. Y'all are just living in it. <laughs> it's like the opposite like, of the I'm Candace here. Energy. It's about me. It's about me. And also, I just think the whole, the whole possibility of her being the first player to win three titles with three separate franchises like when we talk about uh, like great great athletes and you know you, you immediately think of of like a LeBron James and what he's done right and for Candace to be this player that's that's so 
committed to greatness, like so committed to winning that she's like, where can I go get mine? I just think that's like something that we as humans all chase, right? Like we're all chasing uh, how can we be better? Where can I go to be better? What can I do to be better? And and she's like, yo, I like this is this is that situation for her, you know? Yeah. And so I just think on a human level, that's like we're we're witnessing some great shit here. And I think that's it, it, it's super cool how she's setting a standard, because that's another thing like. I know obviously the CBA allowed for a more dynamic free agency in the WNBA. And this is maybe just my opinion, but I I would assume others share and you can let me know. But I think the way Candace moved from LA to Chicago opened up this, this uh, like broke that loyalty tie, you know? And it's, it's interesting to me because in the women's game, I see this reaction from fans of like, that's way heavy. I guess it's in all sports, you know, maybe it's not just the women's game, but this loyalty factor, like, like players, owe oh, anybody, anything other than themselves. Like that's just crazy to me. Players don't owe anybody shit. They don't owe anybody anything other than, other than showing up and, and being in a situation that allows them to, to be great. And so I just think that, now her moving to Vegas, again, in my opinion, is going to trigger other players to be like, where can we sign that we're going to be great too? It's not about loyalty. It's not about comfort. It's about where can we go to compete with the aces, in my opinion. And we can't have this discussion either without mentioning Dierica and what right. she just went through. I mean, what she's currently going through. She signed an extension with the aces she took a pay cut so because her child wanted to be in the area still and we haven't heard anything from the league or the aces so i'm not going to give them any type of credit or any or give them like we've they've had the chance to comment on this i don't care what the legal thing is but what they're being told legally it's like it has now been what over a week that there's just been complete silence so i'm not giving them the benefit of the any benefit of the doubt or anything in this situation like loyalty does not exist for ownership or the front office but then fans turn around and get pissed off at the superstars players right like and i don't even think this is necessarily like a ring chasing move like move like there's actually one story that i had written and then i had a a contract like a contractual issue wait can i just say though for a second sure sure so what if it is a ring chasing move like are you telling me all of us out here in our little positions and our jobs in the world whatever we're doing that we're not out here chasing chasing leveling up like that I'm not out here asking for more in all of these different ways that I can get more for myself like y'all are crazy who cares (laughs) if if it is a ring chasing move like what you're telling me that if if you had the opportunity the decision to be like okay I'm gonna go for this greatness over here or I'm gonna stay here because it's loyal and kind and and the thing that you know we should do it just that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me even if it is ring chasing like go get yours every time you gotta go get yours and that's what I'm saying I don't get it it's also this move isn't about that either though and it's like her family is located out west and totally like I, again, I had this story about how the Sky deal with playing overseas and being away from their families, and you know the Sky have a really interesting situation with you know James being from like living in France in the WNBA offseason, Candice being away from her family, and you know Courtney and her dogs and Allie and her dogs. Like I had like this great story didn't work out from a contractual situation, so I couldn't publish it somewhere else. But they didn't say anything about podcasting, so I'm going to bring this one point up. Um, yeah. Candace told me last summer just about how she never spent more than like a month away from her daughter. But you could tell like a little bit like there's a little bit of pain when you have to say something like that. Like you want to be there as much as you can. You want to be there for all the volleyball matches that Layla's starting to get into now and being close to home. Like I just can't believe I'm seeing people criticize this move and they're not actually thinking about Candace the mom in this situation the parent 
and maybe there'd be people pushing back being like, what would you say that about a male athlete? I'm like, you know what? If that athlete had been so outspoken about being a good parent and wanting to be there for their kids, like, yeah, I would include that in my reporting because if that's a factor, then that's a factor in it. And obviously look, the ring is important. The ring is important. You know, Candace cares about the legacy. She grew up in this area. She saw Michael Jordan win six rings. Like, legacy does matter to the players, you know? And I just, it can be a combination of things. I just can't believe that we're at the, still at this stage where when someone makes a decision that makes them happy, it does not impact other like other people, that people are still trying to find a way to take that away from another human being. Like, it just, that shit blows me away. Yeah, I just think there's, there people are, they just don't get it. There's, you know, and there's really no way that you could ever make someone who doesn't get it, get it. If that's how they're going to analyze the situation, that's how they're going to analyze it. And I just found that so funny when I finally like logged back on Twitter after (laughs) dropping my mom off at her party. Um, I was like, these hot takes are so bad. Y'all are so, it just, it just shows that people really don't see the big picture. They really don't see all of the things that contribute to um, uh, someone's decision. And like you mentioned, family is a huge aspect of it. And that's whether she's a mom or we're talking about um, a player in a different league who's who's a father and, and talking about wanting to be closer to family. Um, I, I think that yeah, if if someone if a player is going to be vulnerable and and honest about why they do something, who are you to question that? That's she's letting you know what what her thoughts are, and you could have all the questions you want in the world, but you think Candace cares? She doesn't care. No. <laughs> she no. doesn't like care that some bot on Twitter is calling her a ring chaser, <laughs> like you know, or or calling her a traitor. Like she's. She's doing what's what's best for her, and they they all should. They all should. Any Sky fan that said that Candace is shortchanging them, I think, is fucking delusional. You know, like it's insane because it's like she she came here and did what she promised she was going to do. Like if the Sky never win another championship in the franchise's history, they will always have twenty twenty one, and it's because of Candace Parker. And obviously, again, the work that everyone else did to get her here and, and you know, and, and everything else. But I'm just saying, it's like for any Sky fan to now be like, you turned your back on us. She already did what she promised she was going to do. She already did it. And she wasn't going to do it again in 2023 here. So what does she owe you? Nothing. Zero. This is 100% on the Sky here. This is not Candace Parker's fault. This is not Cordy Vandersloot's fault. This is not anybody else's fault. This is on the sky. It does appear to be that way. I mean, again, I do think that it's crazy that the ownership thing wasn't accelerated when the season ended. I get maybe, I get maybe just trying to like look at this from all angles. You're just trying to focus on a championship. You know how the sky get going from the preseason. And then when it's the regular season hits, it's just like all business and everything. I feel like they're from an ownership standpoint, you probably should have again, hit the gas pedal and trying to find that financial cushion because I mean, I know that Courtney's talked about this with you too. Like the sky talk with the players after the season about what they want going into that next year. And Courtney last season had talked about it too, just about like, Hey, these are the things that I need if I'm going to come back. Yeah. So that financial cushion that Nadia Rawlinson talked about at the press conference the other day. I, was I wasn't just, at the press conference. Oh my, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. There's, there's so no, much that's we, gone listen, on. We, we could get into it if you want. I would love to. But yeah, I wasn't at the press conference. So I don't know exactly what Nadia said. But um, but yeah. Uh, but she adds a financial cushion that didn't exist before. And mm-hmm. or at least she's going to be the one that's going to be willing to spend on some of these things. Um, and she's shown that, I mean, I think Sky Town's going to absolutely love her. Her energy, her energy is so great. But I think that if you were going to go into these discussions with Courtney, and maybe this was something that happened, like these talks have been happening for a while. Uh, Michael Alter kind of didn't give a timeline when we talked with him 
about how this all came together. And I am just curious, like, if, when these conversations are happening at the end of the season, I can't imagine that Sloot and the Chicago Sky are just radio silent with each other, you know, the months leading up to no, like, I, this point that we're at. <laughs> I think when you're a player like Courtney, who, like we said, is is the franchise player, you'd assume that she is knowledgeable of, of the moves that are happening with ownership. Because again, it in my opinion, this is not coincidental that they announced this this new co-owner at the time that they did. And it seems very much so like it's in an effort to retain and re-sign star players. Obviously, that didn't work with Candace. We'll see if it works with Sloot. Um, but my assumption would be very much that she had to be knowledgeable of, of this move because like you said, Courtney lays out what she needs in order to stay somewhere. And like last year, she told me one thing she wanted to see in Chicago was a, um, a player development coach who she worked with. And that was coach Jeff who came in and, and worked with her throughout the entire season. And so I know that those are investments that the sky are making and my, like my assessments and judgments, I'm, I'm not trying to be bitter or like, you know, overly critical because there are things that the sky are doing that are valuable. And and one thing is, you know, James talked to me about adding another player development coach. So there are investments that are taking place. They're, they're just, they have not been close to matching what is going on at other organizations. So that aside, I, I would say, yeah, I would, I would guess very much that Courtney had to be knowledgeable of the situation going on with ownership. I think so too. And again, I just, I wonder how those conversations went down. Michael Alter said that there wasn't necessarily like a formal search for new ownership. So I guess I'm curious why there wasn't one more than anything right. else. Like what yeah. do you mean there wasn't a formal search? You guys are just came off a, a championship and an investment is, is needed now more than ever. And you're, so you're openly telling people that you didn't do a formal search to, to try and find owners. And, and that is by no means a knock to Nadia. She's clearly a huge asset to this organization, but to acknowledge that you didn't formally search for added investment is not the flex you think it is, Michael Alter. <laughs> I do think that like even those informal conversations that are happening, like I just think you got to set this deadline of, okay, at this date, this is when we move forward and really try to find someone because I don't like what I just wonder how much over the next couple months you're going to be able to achieve by using some of the resources that are going to be available. And also Nadia, I mean, maybe this has changed since a couple days ago. I'd be surprised if it did, but Nadia hasn't been announced formally as the co-owner, like the next co-owner of the Chicago sky. And th there's this formal process that has to, that has to occur. The sky wouldn't comment on like what that process actually is. I just, I'm curious, like how all that is going to work with everything. Again, we're right up against free agency. And I do wonder, I'm only going to ask this because there's someone who, who emailed in the mailbag. Yeah. Like, do you think that if the sky were able to over this net, this past year have added, I don't know, maybe you can't just magically build a practice facility, but let's just say the sky were to practice at the advocate center let's just say and everything is more centralized in Chicago and everything that like the, the aces have and like the sky were able to bring in from a resources perspective and the players were just able to get what they want in in full let's just say could could that have been enough for like Courtney to try to recruit Brianna Stewart to come to Chicago like do you think like this is the ceiling of the sky of that they can put themselves in position in the future now even though they kind of missed the opportunity this time in the future now to be able to get someone like Brianna Stewart or be on one of the four teams that she's going to take meetings with. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm, that's my point with all of this is, is like you have to put yourself in position to be worthy of recruiting a player like Stewie, a player like Candace. And 
James has shown he's he's a force in this league. Like players like playing for him. He's built a culture here. Like James Wade deserves so much credit for creating a space that star players want to be, despite the fact that there is <laughs> yeah. nothing here other than what he's built. Like I so again, like my my analysis or takes on this are not meant to be overly critical, but it's just to point out that the sky have gotten by with the bare minimum and they Mm -hmm. are lucky to have had a coach like James Wade, who, and I've written about this, James Wade was the coach that the sky needed to make this championship happen without him. It doesn't happen. And so, but that can't be enough. You can't rest on having a, a coach slash GM that's working overtime to try and prove that Chicago is a worthy place. You got to help him out, like help him out and, sh- and show why Chicago is a worthy place for stars like Stewie to be like Stewie went and met with, with the links. Why did she go and meet there? It's, it's an entertaining place to be. And it, a great coach like Cheryl Reeve is a great coach to go and, and potentially play for. So what's missing here? Why wouldn't we take a meeting here? Well, James, again, is a proven great coach in this league and, and overseas. So why wouldn't she come here? Cause it's a mediocre franchise to play for. And that's not my opinion. That's the opinion of players that I've spoken to across the league. Yeah. So that's, that's not personal. That's other that's play the players who make this league up saying that it would be dishonest of us to not bring that up. I mean, it's, it's a league wide reputation and you know, us as journalists, we know how important your reputation is. It's everything across all walks of life, life. Honestly, it's like, you gotta put yourself in a position that where people like you're a positive, like the, your magnet magnetism is positive. And I'm just curious, like how, again, the next couple of years are going to look. And again, I know Sky, there's some people like you're, you were too optimistic on the last pod. No, I just think that now that the Sky are looking at this situation, that now they're the team that lost Candace Parker, it's not as bad as it was in LA. Nothing will be as bad as benching Candace Parker in a playoff game and watching your fucking team lose. There's just no coming back from that. Um, and yeah, when but, is Derek Fisher ever going to answer for that? Like, when is he ever <laughs> going to say, I fucked up? On the record. It's so, I mean, I I cannot believe that that he remained in the organization after that. And that's also they that. doubled down on him too. And like, like Chelsea right. Gray, isn't right. this hilarious though? So Matt Allen Tuck, I think it was him who tweeted about how Candace and Chelsea Gray leave in like 2020 or whatever it is. Like in 2021, Candace wins a championship. In 2022, Chelsea Gray wins a championship. And now in 2023, they're joining forces and now are like the prohibited favorites to win a championship. I mean, how fucking maddening that this must be for the Sparks right now. To just I know. Like- <laughs> I know. So Sky fans, all of you listening, as shitty as you feel, at least you're not uh, Sparks fans who have literally watched their team combust. <laughs> And two of their stars leave to go win championships elsewhere. And then now are the favorites to win it together again in your neighboring uh, competitor, like your neighbor. Like, hey, Aces, we're right here and we've got to watch you be great. It's so bad. But again, it's not the same situation that like the Sky are in right now where, look, yes, they maybe have dropped the ball with adding ownership throughout the season last year. Or like, again, even if it came at the end or the start of the off season that would have been enough, I think to put them in the running for some of these top free agents. And they kind of still are, like you said, because of the culture that's been built there. I do think though, the next couple of years now that, now that the sky are about, they've they're just watched Candace go out of town. They potentially are about to see Courtney leave. Now they got to start thinking about building in all different directions here. And yeah. that's an opportunity that I think sky fans should be excited about. Yeah. I think this is going to be a really pivotal time for the organization. And when Nadia was announced and I was not on the call, (laughs) sorry, I'm going to keep harping on that. (laughs) Um, But I'm not petty. Am I petty? I'm not petty. 
Um, we love it. Pettiness I'm can just, be fun. No. I'm just having fun with my friend James. Um, but one thing I said to someone on social media is like, time will tell what this really does for the sky. And clearly from a business standpoint, we're going to see it have an impact because Nadia is a proven successful businesswoman. Yeah. And that's going to be exciting to watch. But I think what fans really need to pay attention to is how this ownership group invests towards the future. Is there going to be a practice facility built? How are you guys improving fans experience at Wintrust Arena? How are you setting this franchise up to attract the stars of the future of future free agency periods? And because they can't they can't be in the position that they're in now two years from now, three years from now, this is the time to say no more. We're not going to be a, a franchise and organization that misses out on meetings with top free agents. We're just not, that's, that's what they've got to decide to do now. Will they do it? I don't know. We'll see. But that, in my opinion, has to be what makes this, this moment in the sky's history, not a waste, you know, because it would be, it would be a shame for this market, for this sports market to continue down this mediocre road. And, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate because we've seen so many of our franchises in the city or fans have seen so many of, of their franchises that they, they are fans of and follow and support, just be okay with being mediocre. And there's no room for that. Like this is a top three sports market. You, you can't, Chicago deserves better, like, and especially in the WNBA when, when so many franchises are still like, when I look at the WNBA, obviously there's so much history and, and you look at what the Lynx have done and what the Storm franchise has done and the Sparks, like there's so much history. And then even going back to franchises that are no longer like, the Houston Rocket, or sorry, not Houston Rockets, Houston Comets, like Chicago could be the, the franchise of the league if it really wanted to. And I, I just think that's gotta be what they aspire to. That's gotta be what everyone, every franchise aspires to. And you could see the aces actively taking taking hold hold of that. You could see the Liberty actively trying to be the star of the league. And then you see Chicago and it's just like, we're just going to chill. We're just going to chill. And it's like, that can't be good enough. It can't, it really can't. And (laughs) I'm really curious to see how this off season is going to play out for them because there are going to, they're going to lose some momentum that they've had over the last two years that it's going to be a different team. Like even looking at on off splits, cause I just go down these rabbit holes and realize yeah, the day's over. Like, yeah. You like, you do deep dives. <laughs> James is a stat deep dive wizard. I wizard or geek. I think yeah, there's a, one of those <laughs> probably fits more the, like, than the other, but um, you know, I, I'm like looking at these on off splits. I'm like, Oh wait, like th- I don't think any of this is going to matter in 2023, you know, like uh, th- it's just going to be a completely different team if I had to guess. And yeah, at least the, the starting lineup's going to look different. I am curious. And I know I don't mean to just take up all of your time here, but oh. I'm curious. How excited are you to cover like this I- insane Kalia Copper season that we're about to witness. Like, I do think that we're about to see her take like 20 shots a game and just like go downhill and be like, just unleashed in a way that you can't when you're on a star laden team, you know? Yeah. So I, it's funny you bring that up. Cause I was just having a conversation with a colleague of mine and he was like, a colleague I, of yours, a colleague. Oh, a colleague. <laughs> oh, James, you're not like, funny. I don't get it. No. Well, I'm a little hungover today. I was, I was up celebrating my mom's 60th for, <laughs> for way too long. So sorry, I didn't catch the joke at first. But yes, a colleague of mine was was brought up that point. He's like, it's going to be really interesting for you to see and cover and write how Kalia takes on this, this role, how she puts this franchise on her back and how she carries this franchise. Like, And 
and Kaz is a special player. Everybody knows that. So it is going to be really exciting and it is going to be really fun to cover, you know, a a team where Ka is the superstar. And again, we don't know what's going to happen yet with Salute and and everybody else. So there's potential that that she's not, you know, the only. Um, But as of now, she is she's the face. She's the face of the franchise. And I think regardless of what happens, that'll definitely be, be um, fun to cover. Kaz a great, Kaz a great player to cover. Like she's, she's freaking a story book. We could just follow her around and like write a book of like Ka quotes or like uh, Ka moments, moments with Ka. She's like, she's great. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see her be unleashed as a little bit more of a facilitator. Like I, I look, yeah. I'm not the best overseas person, but I do try to watch some of it just to get a grasp on how people are developing. And I watched a lot of Ka last off season, like her overseas and she, like in France, she really was someone that, that was used as a facilitator. And I think that is the next part of her opening up her game is not just her being this slasher, who just gets to the rim and you get like two, three dribbles and she's there. And you're not going to have Courtney Vandersloot next season. If like in this idea of like, it's just Kyle running the show, maybe Sloot's back. But again, we don't know yet. I'm curious to see like, okay, there you can't replace Courtney Vandersloot's production as a facilitator because she potentially will go down as the greatest facilitator of all time. You can't mm-hmm. replace someone like that with the, free agent especially in this free agent class that I don't think is that great when it comes to pure point guards how are you going to make make up her production in different ways like I think one of the ways that we're going to see is like Cobb running more pick and roll and seeing how if this guy are able to surround her with a little bit with more shooting that maybe that opens up the floor a little bit more for this guy and also gives her maybe more opportunities at the rim but a part of that is her becoming more of a threat as a facilitator and it's not like she's someone that turns the ball over to a point where it's like, oh no, there's no way that this is going to be able to work. But I am curious to see her take that next level because I honestly think she did make another leap last year as someone that could score at all three levels, even even if it was just flashes at times. Like I still think that there's areas of Kaz's game that she can improve on still, which is crazy to think about someone that's a multi-time all-star, someone who's one of the best two-way players we have in this league. I mean, that's how high I think of Ka. I think there's still more to, there's a ceiling that she hasn't even got to yet that yeah. I think it's good. You don't get that opportunity if you have four other stars on your team like she had last year. You know what yeah. I mean? No, completely. I think another really interesting development to watch is going to be the way Dana's game changes, you yeah. know, or not changes, but um, what we see from her because we've obviously seen these flashes of, of really g- great, great, great um play from Dana and it's going to be really fun to follow how she continues to develop with more time on the floor because that's the question mark there I mean she's proving herself overseas too the only thing that really is in question here is can she do it consistently in the W because again we've seen it in spurts but we just haven't seen it consistently so I, I think Dana as a facilitator too is going to be interesting or, or even her, if they bring in another true point guard and her playing um, with Ka and whoever that potential point guard is. But um, I think this the lineups that James is going to have to work with are going to be fun to watch. I think, listen, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be just a year where we're all just along for the ride. <laughs> like, <laughs> Indeed. I don't even, I don't Danny, even know. I'm excited. Like, no matter what happens, like, this is going to be a new era of Chicago Sky basketball. And I mean, especially if Courtney leaves, like, I came onto this beat in 2018. And a lot of, like, again, Ali and Slut have just been the constants for me. Same thing with Ka and Steph for a while and Diamond. It, there's a chance that most of those players are gone next year. And it's just this new chapter that exists and to be there to cover that new chapter i'm excited i think there's just so like there's no more baggage necessarily 
behind all those past seasons with the new chapter. It's like, it's fresh. We're all coming into this beat almost like pretty much on the same timeline now. I think there's just going to be so much potential, like all the stories that we're going to be able to like really, I don't know, like uh, share with the world in a way that like, it felt like there's some things that have already been told before that challenged yeah, you, like, you know? Right. Yeah. We've been writing kind of the same stories for years now. Right. It's like Courtney's greatness. Oh, can't, you know, Candace for the last <laughs> two years, Allie being the hometown hero, like all of these different things that sure you, you write in different ways, game to game. Um, and the stories continue to develop year to year, but yeah, with all new faces, it's, it's going to be exciting to, share other storylines and how this franchise grows but that's the thing the franchise needs to grow and I think that it's a really interesting time to even be covering this league in general because this league deserves reporters who write honest takes and and hold the organizations that they report on accountable. Like we aren't here to be cheerleaders. I am not a fan of the Chicago sky. I am not friends with, with, you know, this, this organization, it's my job to just show up and let y'all know what's going on. And at the end of the day, there's nothing but respect for everybody that I work with, but it's not my job to write about sunshine and rainbows. If sunshine and rainbows don't exist. And this might be a period in time when, yeah, it's more about how this franchise is growing than it being ultra successful right now in this moment. It also could be a year where they're competitive and it's fun, but they're just not quite the aces, <laughs> you know? So but we'll see what okay. happens. Yeah. Right. It's okay. It's like teams go through ebbs and flows and I think, like we said previously, the only shame that would would come from this t this period would be if the organization doesn't invest in the future in a significant way. I think if that doesn't happen, that is going to be a, a huge problem for this franchise's future. No, absolutely. And those are the all those situations. I mean, you got to prepare as a reporter to get ready for and you do, even though there, there might not be the stories you want to report on it's like it's the ones that you kind of have to you got to tell people the truth if you're not willing to give the audience like what is actually happening then you're not doing journalism and now again like for you especially like the sky went all on these last two years right and they got a championship out of it that i mean that is a successful period to just get a championship can't emphasize that enough despite how poorly things went I mean that last seven and a half minutes of the semifinals will I mean will stick in my mind forever be one of the most historic collapses in this league's history when you talk about what like for years people when they talk about epic collapses mark that it, it, ugh, the rewatch of it is just so tough but but now like on the other side of the team going all in is this new period that again yeah. just has all these different storylines, all these different things that, like you said, keep holding up like an organization accountable for. You can talk about the growth all you want, but let's see the actions that come behind yeah. it. And then, again, then it's also just like the transition period for the team. Like, okay, we're going to stay competitive, but the championship might not be the thing that is attainable at this time. And then. I don't know. There's just, I'm just so excited to like tackle all these different things with you next to me as well. With, you know, Cheryl, Cheryl Ray Stout, Carly Bell, you know, it's just going to be great to be able to start off fresh. I, I can't say enough how excited I am about that idea. Yeah. And the thing is like, like we keep saying, this is a transitional period for the league. Like yes. the league is, is going through transition right now with the departures of greats like Maya Moore and Sylvia Fowles and Sue Bird, like these are the, the league is going through transition. And so if, if it's, if there was ever a good time to have a down, a quote unquote down year, okay, have it now, you know, before this next wave of truly great players come into the league, like get your picks, like stock up but again just make sure what's going on behind the scenes is capitalizing on on this this moment as well like it just it if we are two three years from now talking about the same issues the same lack of investment it's it's 
it's going to be a fucking shame. Yeah. No, and the fans deserve better than that. They showed up last year. Annie, I mean, how many times did we go to win trust and by halfway through the first quarter, it's just full, you know, yeah. it wasn't like that before. Think about that Indiana fever game towards the regular, at the end of the regular season, 2021, where it was just like, Oh my God. Seven was, people in the stands. Yeah, that was like, so bad. And it was and, like, nobody was even there covering the game. Don't even get me started. That was like, <laughs> that was so trash. It was. <laughs> I haven't right. heard you say that's trash in a while. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> that was like my hot word of last year. <laughs> of last year. If that, if that goes away in 2023, I'll, uh, I don't know. I'll do something weird. I'm, I'm too trash. Yeah. <laughs> but how about this? Let's end it on this. Yeah. If you had to, if you see out of all the free agents out there, who do you think makes the most sense for this guy? I'm putting you on the spot. This is a blatant curveball. I apologize, but no. I've been, I'm getting all these notifications from someone about someone's going somewhere. I don't know. But Oh, yeah, um, I just saw. I think Howard tweeted that. Um, I want to say, is it Bernie Sykes? She's signing with Washington. Is that what his tweet was? Yeah. Oh, that's um, really interesting. Yeah, that is because she's someone I had on my um board of or what in one of my most recent stories of like, could she be a potential fit in Chicago? Um, hold on, let me pull up my my Chicago Sun Times free agency yeah. tracker. Love it! Oh my god, <laughs> shameless plug. Um, it's such a big deal, but while you pull that up, I'm just gonna say it's such a big deal that a bigger outlet actually invested so much time and energy into creating something that's so interactive and something that the fans just need. This came before the WNBA put together its official list for free agents. So kudos to you guys for doing that because uh, it's a good tool. It helped me with some of my coverage already. So. Well, thank you. I, it's like my baby. I was, I was working (laughs) on it for so long. I was like so excited when it finally came to fruition, but what I'll say to your question is I think Marina Mabry is a really interesting player to keep for Sky fans to keep their eyes on. I think the way she plays too, the grit and intensity she plays with would be so fun to watch alongside Ka and Dana. Like those, those just the hunger that those players play with, I think would be so um, amazing to watch. The thing with Marina, though, obviously, she's a restricted free agent, so it's not going to be something that's just an easy thing to pull her away from Dallas. And there's no way that Dallas is just going to let her go. You know, if if the Sky make any type of offer, you we could guarantee almost that Dallas is going to match whatever offer that any team makes for Marina. So there's potential. Maybe we could see a sign and trade type of thing happen. But the Sky just don't have a lot of pieces to work with. And so that's where assigning a player like Marina really comes into question. But I just think that that's, she's a player that's going to be really interesting to keep your eye on. And if this, if James can pull that off, which listen, we know like James is a magician. He's he's a GM wizard. He's so good at his job. In my opinion, that's from, from the years I've covered him, he's done some incredible stuff as GM. And so I think we could still see him make some impressive moves. And I think that could potentially be one of them. I love it. I loved what I saw from Marina Mabry when Enrique was off the floor mm-hmm. as a facilitator. Like we we know what she can do as a shooter. We saw what she did in 2021 against the sky. Yeah, I was just gonna say <laughs> I'm she sure that ghosted the sky on more than one occasion. You're like, Jesus. <laughs> so I thought this was kind of interesting. So this is assist points per 100 possessions on uh-huh. PDP stats. So with Marina Mabry, no, with Arike Gumbawale on the floor, Marina Mabry averaged average 14.825 assist points created per 100 possessions. And then without Arike on the floor, she averaged 16.83. I mean, that is a huge jump. That is a, what is it? A, it's pretty much two assist point difference right there. And to give her the keys to an offense potentially. And I think you still probably would want a traditional point guard, even when positions don't really mean anything anymore. I do think that giving Marina Mabry some time to just cook and like, I don't know. I I just, I really think that as a facilitator, she can offer so much to this guy along with that grid on defense and the three point shooting that they're going to miss if Ali quickly doesn't come back. 
But Allie too, like, wasn't Allie at the end of the year, which I'm not saying that to, to like talk shit or trash or anything. She's still clearly a great shooter, but it's like the sky, the sky already need to be thinking about how they're going to be replacing what, what Allie contributed because she's just not the same player. And um, so, yeah, I think that how they make up that shooting is going to be interesting, but even if Allie's back, it's like, these are things they already got to be thinking about actively, actively doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, God, I read that article of yours, uh, including Marina Mabry. I'm like, fuck yeah. I hope that one happens. That would be, I would love to cover her because of how funny her and her sister are. I don't know if you watch Notre Dame at all this year, but like they both, just go back like they're both the same player same grit same like talking shit underneath their breath or yeah what I want to see from this year is like way more shit talking I hope like players are just really at each other's necks this year like I just think that is so fun (laughs) to watch I think it's so entertaining and I think that it just highlights their greatness when we see that competitive fire come out um on the court and I just think I, I think as far as facilitating goes, mm-hmm. you know, and everything you brought up with Arike, I think that's a huge reason why Marina really should or does deserve to move on from Dallas. Like let her um, or, or she, I think, belongs with a team and in a system that is going to let her develop that side of her game a little bit more. And I think maybe next year is a year where the sky don't have a true facilitator and they let these players like Dana, um, Marina, let's say. Um, and Ka kind of figure it out together. And I still think that like Dana has the potential to develop into that, that true point guard type of player, but she's also a great shooter. Like, I think she's been playing and studying behind Sloot for so long that we really could see her pull ahead as, as this guy's like true facilitator next year. That's just my opinion, but I'm just really interested in seeing how, how her game evolves if Sloot's not back. And if, you know, she is given more, more time on the court, which obviously she, she deserves. I'm with you on that. I think the only thing that you would probably look at and be like, how is she going to come over, like come back from overseas? And when defenses try to like run her through all these screens, how is she yeah. going to handle the physicality of that for 40 games? Look, I inter- like, I think I interviewed her last December. <laughs> so, oh my God, I, I don't even know time anymore. She's confident in herself and she, I think that is something like she's just working on getting stronger. I mean, there are deficiencies of being at standing at five, six, but at the same time, when you're, when you have the scoring ability that she has, when you have the quickness and just that, that fight in you, I know that's so general. I, as much as I love the stats, I have really like, especially since 2021 when the sky defied all the odds and from every advanced metric possible that um, I, I, really try to trust my gut more with these things. And I look at Dana Evans. I'm like, I do think this is someone that can survive being a shorter player in this league. And there's examples of it. I mean, I think, yeah. I think there's been like, like 10 out of the top 100 scores in WNBA history or five, seven or shorter. Like wow. Becky Hammond is five, six, you know, I mean, I don't know if you stood next to Becky at all, but I'm like, this is, might be the only player on the floor or the person on the floor right now that I'm taller than. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I think Dana has a lot of potential. I'll be curious to see what that looks like in 2023. But Annie, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Is there anything that you want to get off your chest or want to say before we wrap this up? No, I mean, I appreciate these conversations with you because I think that, you know, it, it's so wonderful to like keep it real with someone. And 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 again, I think sometimes um in this league, covering this league, what I've learned is, is like, sometimes being critical comes off in such a negative way. And that's not how it's meant. You know, it's just analysis and it's, it's, it's opinion and it's, it's necessary. Like that's part, that's what this league deserves. It deserves people talking about everything under the sun from a critical vantage point and, and whether everyone agrees with like what we say or not, that's not the point. It's just that that's what this league deserves. And I'm really thankful that I have a friend like you that, um, you know, is, is providing that as well. And 
I will just plug very quickly, follow the Sun-Times all week because we will be writing and reporting on how this move from, from Candace Parker really impacts this team moving forward. So make sure you pick up a copy of the paper. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. The paper this morning, the front cover was just oh, perfectly yeah, well done. I, um, I wrote that story in my car. Um, so <laughs> yeah, man, that was a whirlwind. But it all got done. It all got done. So Classic I appreciate you, James, though. Thank you for having me on, as always. Yeah, no, thanks for coming on and giving me so much of your time. And yeah, always a pleasure when we talk about this stuff. Sometimes I forget the mic is even on right now when we do these podcasts, because it's just like we do this so naturally all the time in between these events. And I know we're like texting each other nonstop. So it's always like funny when um, we could actually bring like (laughs) our conversations to um, a podcast. And it's also, I feel like I'm, I always end up listening back to the podcast afterwards because it just, everything comes so naturally that I'm like, oh (laughs) shit, what did, did, like, did I, did I do too much here? So I will definitely be listening back and making sure I didn't do too much, but I don't think I did. No, you were great. This was so great to do this with you. And uh, yeah, really appreciate you so much. Looking forward to your coverage at the Sun-Times this week. And um, yeah, thanks, Annie, so much.